0: Hello, everybody. We are going to be talking about the timeline in Star Wars. An editorial done by Star Wars Newsnet that I thought was fascinating. It looks like Filoni's movie does have a title, and even though I talked about it a little bit yesterday or Monday, whenever when the hell how it was, I lose track of time. I'm here with Steph Sabra to talk about that. Ahmed Best. He had a character in the Mandalorian. Looks like that character might be returning, and then there's a few other stories that not aren't aren't necessarily Star Wars. There's some Indiana Jones stuff. There's some trailers from Gareth Edwards on Rogue One, um, and there's a few other movie-related topics. We'll talk about that and why this is big thing with Sith Council for a good half an hour, but we'll get into that in a little bit. It's me and Steph Sabra here today. Now, if you haven't been here long enough and you've never hit that button, show. A little class. Well, you yeah, hit that button. Get us to 100000 We do long form. We do short form. We do everything. Reactions. The whole nine yards. And we're going to be in New York, we think. Um, I'm being honest with everyone. We've sold shit for tickets. So if we sell enough, we'll be there. Um, same thing with Stanford, Connecticut. I want to be able to give the, the club enough time that if we have to cancel it. Um, and one of the things that I had said, you can buy tickets at the ChristianHarloff.com. But one of the things that I had said was yesterday on, on the show, that I just feel that maybe I overestimated the live audience at the moment as we're building. We've been doing this for a year and a half, but we are trying to build out. If you can get tickets to come see us in New York, do it today because it'll it'll help us out and we can be there. If not, we're going to do these after-party shows that you can see, again, at thechristianharloff.com. But we have all these things we're going to talk about today with myself and Steph Sabra on this episode of Big Things. So thanks for joining us. Let's get into it. All right, you ready? Me too. Here we go. What's up everybody? It is me, Christian Harloff, here on a Wednesday, 2023, the year of our Lord. <laughs> here. I never really understood that. Did you get that? No. Oh, yeah. it's year. Every, isn't every year the year the of year our Lord? The year of our Lord. I don't know. Someone's going to tell us why. Yeah. Steph, Steph Sabra is here.
1: Ahoy, Métis. I did
0: this. Can you move over a little bit? in the Oh, center? Yeah. yeah. I, that, I didn't square you up. That's fine. Ahoy, uh, Métis. Ahoy, Métis, indeed. Indeed? Indeed. Mike Kalinowski not here today, but He's we it. are here. I and mean, look at that. So it's the big thing today. Why is it the big thing? Well, here's why. We're going to be doing, on Wednesdays, until the skeleton crew comes out... Why I keep saying that? Ahsoka. Until Ahsoka comes out. We're going to cover Star Wars for the first half an hour, 40 minutes, however long it really takes us and how many stories there are. So you're, never really, you're not going to lose a full-on Sith Council. It's like, oh, man, I tuned in for Sith. Don't worry. All those topics and everything that we normally would talk about, it's going to be... The Wednesday episodes will be Star Wars heavy, but we also want to cover other movie news stories because what we don't want to do is there's some big... News that came out we want to cover it, instead of saving it for just the Thursday show and to get Steph and Mike's takes on these things also. But once uh, Ahsoka comes out, and those things will probably be full-on back for just Star Wars the entire time. There's not a ton of Star Wars news out there right now, and there's a few things, especially now with the writer strike and everything too, we thought this would make sense and this give us a chance to get Steph... Uh, well, today Steph's opinion on certain things. We're going to talk about Indiana Jones. She just started watching those movies, so there's a lot. But we're going to start Steph with some Star Wars stuff off off the bat. Did you hear this thing about um, the the leak about what the Feloni's movie might be called?
1: I didn't. I heard that, but I didn't see what the title you see was. What it was. No. It was
0: uh, so I talked about it yesterday. So I'm just giving again another spoiler to those people who want to be uh, who don't want to know yet until it comes out. It's not official, but it's just a big rumor. And here it is. Heir to the Empire is what they're saying. It's going to be Mm. based off of the Timothy Zahn novels of the same name. The question now starts to be well, are they going to take a lot from the actual books? Like how much? Because Faloney has said in a lot of his interviews that he's a fan of the trilogy. He obviously has used Thrawn. He talks to Timothy Zahn. So the question whether there's a Mara Jade character or any of the characters that appeared in those novels. Um, and then Luke Skywalker, which we've talked about. I thought that there's so many different options. One of the options could be just rewriting a lot of it to then throw Ahsoka in the lead and use Ezra as the lead and not and whether or not you believe the Kathleen Kennedy stuff that she has put a mandate down and no more Luke Skywalker. There's so much, and they could he can make his own version, alternate timeline of what it is. What, what do you think?
1: I think that's that's awesome. Yeah. First of all, I do think that – I don't know. I, w- I would be shocked if it didn't have any pull from the books with the exact same title and with the relationship between the two and it being some of people's favorite Star Wars right. novel books that right. have ever come out. Um, I want to read them. Have you done the audiobook of them? That's
0: what I – so the audiobook I have done—that's the. There's a few that I've just read through, yeah. and then there's the ones that I've done audiobooks. That is the audiobook that I did, and it's perfect. Okay. Mark Thompson who does the narrating on a lot of books. He is so good, and he's great with this because he does—he um, does Thrawn's voice incredible, so much so that I wonder if if Mickelson listened to him at all because it's it's similar. But he's so good at it, and. I would recommend the audiobook for all three of those, and okay. I would recommend trying to listen to them as you know, sooner than later. No,
1: I'm going to. Yeah. I'm, I love audiobooks. Yeah, so <laughs> this yeah. is going to be my next one.
0: Even though obviously it's not canon, but with this potential of, of them naming it, you know, Heir to the Empire, which I think is a great idea. They've already used the title or used that word. She says it in that trailer. Right. In Ahsoka, she says the Heir to the Empire, or, or somebody says it. Um, and to actually take. Those moments and put it in the movie. I still think Luke needs to be in that movie though.
1: I think he will be.
0: You think so? Yeah. You know why I said it yesterday? One of the main reasons I think he needs to be in it is because it's the same reason that he was in Mandalorian season two at the end.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It, where else would he be? It's different if there are any unknown regions, but if they're back, where what's he doing? He's just sitting around not helping?
1: Yeah, it doesn't make sense. No. And with the tech being so good now. Yeah. It was already better the second time we saw him than the first time. Right. In two years or whenever they start production on this, it's going to look really good.
0: It's going to look really good. I agree with you. So, you know, again, Heir to the Empire, the potential title. Very curious to hear what you guys think about it. Do you think it should be Heir to the Empire? Do you think that they will call it that? Um, I don't know. And I was looking into that camera because I'm so used to it. Um, Let's get to another story here in the Star Wars universe. Okay, I wanted to bring up this thing from Star Wars Newsnet. And Alexander Giles, excuse, excuse me if I got that wrong. Uh, they did this thing—the complete new Star Wars timeline from Dawn of the Jedi to New Jedi Order—and I think this is pretty fascinating. Considering that I did, this is one of the main things I do give Lucasfilm a lot of credit on. I think that it's a very smart idea to do this for filmmakers and other and writers that are coming in to say, "Well, you know what? I want to. I want to. I'm thinking about developing." De- doing a pitch to Lucasfilm, and I want to do something in the Dawn of the Jedi era or the Old Republic era or the Fall of the Jedi era. There's like, they have places to pick from. So this is from Alexander. The Star Wars universe is vast and expansive across different medias, including movies, TV shows, books, comics, video games, and more. And this is the new canon Star Wars timeline, but first a bit of history, and they go into the canon of the Star Wars and how it was kind of uh, the comics, the novels, the games, all of that there were and there was the before the republic, there was the old republic, there's the rise of the empire, the rebellion, the new republic, the new Jedi Order, and then um legacy. And then in two thousand fourteen, Disney took over Lucasfilm and they announced they would create a new canon for the franchise. And that meant that certain aspects of the Star Wars universe, the the EU, all that wasn't really continuity. Instead, there was a new canon that was established. And now since then, the only previous material still considered canon are the six original films, prequel trilogy, Clone Wars TV series, Star Wars Rebels animated TV, uh, Marvel Star Wars comic books, and novels that began with A New Dawn. They're also part of the new canon, and they were the first published works integrating input from the Lucasfilm Story Group, which manages story concepts and in-universe details across all forms of media. Now, at Star Wars Celebration that happened in April, Lucasfilm announced three new movies along with updated timelines that now look like the following image. There is the Dawn of the Jedi. There is the Old Republic, the High Republic, the Fall of the Jedi, Reign of the Empire, Age of Rebellion, New Republic, Rise of the First Order, and New Jedi Order. So you have nine eras in the timeline. Now, one of the biggest stopping points is a lot of the movie fans digging deeper into the current EU. On Disney+, they have excellent chronological order options for Star Wars, even if it does miss out the likes of Tales of the Jedi. So the, the dawn of the Jedi is 25,000 BBY. So I think that's before Yavin. I think The era was announced at the Star Wars Celebration, and it is set to take place 25 years before The Phantom Menace. This place is even before the Old Republic and anything we've seen in any form of media. They don't have a release date to anything there, and then they would they just talk about Mangold. But then the Old Republic is around 25,000 years before to 1,000. The Old Republic era is now official part of the timeline, and it's usually talked about as part of the Old Legends continuity where it encompasses a 7,000-year span and includes the Republic, the Sith Wars, and Darth Revan, Satel Shan uh, Tenebra, and Darth Malgus. The successful 2003 video game, Knights of the Old Republic, is set there as well. And then you've got the High Republic, and right now the High Republic has all those books. And the High Republic takes place about 500 years beforehand. Um, and that was the – it was almost like – these kind of remind me of like the Roman times. Yeah. Which what I really like with what they're doing here. And, and then they have um, – again, there's a lot of High Republic stuff right now that people can look at all these books. And Claudia Gray has been really making an, uh, a mark as she does every time she does something, but she's doing stuff in the High Republic. There's a lot of new characters, a lot of these images I'm showing you right now. Um, and then obviously the Acolyte, which comes out, and that's about 100 years before, and that's ending towards the High Republic era. Now, the Fall of the Jedi is the era in Star Wars that is up to the period leading to the original trilogy, Um, and you've obviously got the Count Dooku era and the prequels and all of that stuff. That's A lot of people know that. That's kind of what Steph's era of where how she was introduced to Star Wars is this potential, is this era, and then the one that that for me, that I grew up on Star Wars, and a lot of people did is Reign of the Empire, and that's nineteen BBY to nine, and that's that's the original trilogy and the Empire's rule, and it's so a really fascinating. This is more detailed when you go to Star Wars NewsNet to check this out, like really break down a full on timeline of it all, and then there's the Age of the Rebellion, which covers um, most of the beloved. Errors, you know this is. I guess Rogue One. Excuse me. So let me see. Then the Reign of the Empire is Bad Batch solo and Obi Wan. Excuse me. Age of the Rebellion is is the original trilogy. Mm -hmm. So that and that's Andor and all that. So there's there's a lot of this timeline is thick, right? The New Republic. Is four ABY to thirty-three ABY in the New Republic era it is a fascinating period. You're gonna have the Mandalorian in there at some point, you know, you've gonna have Ahsoka and Boba Fett and all the shows that we've kind of been getting, that's that's where this lands. And you obviously get the um, the battlefront story, which I really wish they do something with Eden Verso, which would be really great. Um, and, and then what's what's past that? And I pass that as Rise of the First Order, and that's going to be Snoke and Kylo Ren and the new the new movies, and obviously all the stuff that we saw inside of there. And then there's the Resistance that the animated series, and then the New Jedi Order, which is going to be an, of unknown and exciting possibilities. And this is where this Ray movie is going to hit, and then everything kind of afterwards. So this is and and you get the movie coming from Charmina by Chinoy, which is going to come out in 2025. So stuff. This is there's a lot here you know there's really there's 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 a ton at what what stands out to you if you're if you were writing stories right and you they're like okay Steph you can do a movie where would you go first
1: uh I would probably do what Damon Lindelof was trying what what, so 60 years towards
0: Dawn of the Jedi but just farther out
1: farther out yeah um I think that there's There's more richness in, let's say, the High Republic because just visually it's – like or in my mind when I'm reading the book, there's so many Jedis. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And just uh, how cool that would be uh, to have this like Troy-like battle that you see playing out. So I think maybe that or – so way back or in the future.
0: See, I want to be more back for me. It's all Republic because – by the time you get to the High Republic, the Jedi are the ones that are thriving right? right? because of the war. And, and this is why you're creating this history, why I think it is fascinating if they do it right. you know. And it is like this mm-hmm. Roman history. Mm-hmm, which we g- love. We love in the Game of Thrones type thing where they can build that out if yeah. you go back further enough and look at what is going to do with that movie and really establish it all first and see how we eventually got there and how it all ties together. The Old Republic to me is more fascinating because by the time you're in the High Republic, the Jedi are – it's it's like they're just running they just run a shop very similar to where the what there were certain places what was it i think it was Game of Thrones or I can't remember where with the armies are just there's no there's been no war there's been there's really been nothing so they're just walking around kind of able to who who are they fighting right? yeah so it's the same and it's almost like House of the dragon you know In House of the dragon there wasn't not any major wars so they weren't really so equipped to battle a lot of these. And so that's why Sir Christos or whatever was one of the few people who actually saw battle. That to me is what the high Republic is. And that's what the acolyte is. It's so fascinating as the, the end of the high Republic starts to happen, the infiltration of the Jedi, but the old Republic, that's when all the Sith army is running around and you're going to see, like my favorite is that old Republic video game trailer that they did when the Sith get off the ship and they're just battling all the Jedi. And it's like, For a long time, that's what happened until Bane creates the rule of two. That's where I want them to play for years. Yeah. I want them to play there for years because another thing is they're not beholden to everything. You know, like, okay. It's so
1: far in the past. Yeah. Yeah. You can
0: make up whoever you want. And there's no, the fans can say, well, that's not who. I mean, the, the hardcore fans can go, well, that's not how Revan was. That's not how, and that's fine. But like, you're establishing it to a brand new audience. I, I don't know that to me is the most exciting and then there's other things and they're really expanding into this era of um of the new republic with Boba Fett and and Mandalorian there was another story by the way that there's still Robert Rodriguez was playing kind of coy with um Boba Fett mm. and whether season mm-hmm, 2 mm-hmm. I don't see it happening I don't either I don't think it should happen No <laughs> it's like why Yeah
1: I um I'm having a problem being really interested in the new republic
0: yeah yeah i like Soaker you're interested in yes yes
1: yeah. i just like the way that it's been presented right now yeah. i'm saying with what we saw the episodes that of the mandalorian season three that really focus on the new republic i was like ugh, i want to be interested oh, in those itself. scenes yeah yeah, 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 yeah. the yeah. politics of it itself because it is interesting but then it's like we got jack black and lizzo right it's like right. and um there, there was just a few scenes where I was like, "I get where they're trying to go with this. I just feel like it's not,
0: yeah, and catching I, me. I agree, and I think that I, I, I hate to say it because I love them so much, but like I think it's a little bit of a felony problem. Mm. I think it's a little bit of a felony problem where where if you look at Andor and the way Andor set up almost like Game of Thrones type politics in that series, that's not the vibe you get in Mandalorian. Now, also to be fair to him, I don't think he was very involved in Mandalorian season three. I think he's going to be doing way more in Ahsoka. Yeah. So I'll, and so I should say it's more of a Favreau problem. Cause he executive produced that show, but it felt more cartoony. It felt more like, well, that's what George would do. He'd make it a little lighter. And it's, but that doesn't mean that it is. Look, George is the King. We know that. And, he, and we're not talking about him right now, but it's like the cartoony version of it. It's like, you can make it a little bit more involved the politics side of it and all that on all the shows, you can still have the big battles and all that in Mandalorian, because that's what the Mandalorian did. But it's like just short writing, get to the point, cutting out that speech that Katie told us about on the show. yeah you know, It's like that that type of stuff is just, you want to develop more.
1: Right. Like the Dr. Pershing episode was 30 minutes of just Dr. Pershing in that story with the rogue new Republic mm-hmm. agent. And I, it it just felt like a one like a solo Star Wars yeah. story as opposed to like this is the New Republic like th- understand what this reign looks like. It fell or out how- of place,
0: right? It fell out of place also because it was all it was this big massive episode which I thought was well written and there was detail to it.
1: But and I it, like Dr. Pershing's me too. character.
0: But it was a, it was a but the difference between people, like, well, you didn't mind it when, when it was Boba Fett. I was like, yeah, because Mandalorian was an established character that we were excited to see again in a in a series when when Boba Fett happened, you're like, Oh, okay, because Boba Fett was fairly boring. And then he shows up and you're like, Okay, that works for me, even though it was out of place for sure. But it but it was a character you knew already. Dr. Pershing was a kind of a great a good actor, but Side character, as though it was Katie right. O 'Brien, they gave a full episode. The inner cutting would have been interesting, yeah, but that is a good point how New Republic plays um you could if you intercut with stuff and showed a little bit more of how the new republic is is working and that there was infiltration going on through the first order and all that as as they were building up, very similar to kind of what happened with the sith and the jedi, so it, the history kind of repeats itself
1: right it feels it it feels small right mm-hmm. but i know it's an entire thing happening it's right. building right. but it was we only saw these two characters really working on like the good side the bad side kind yeah. of and with man with din's character it's like that is a character that we've invested off going on one off stories with him yeah. right and with dr pershing he's a piece to a puzzle Yes. He's a piece of the New Republic. And the cloning it's aspect not just and how his character. Right right, right, right,
0: right. But I also think that one of the things, too, that they get scared of and they should is because Star Wars is always – George, because George Lucas has said it was meant for children and everything, too. But there's evolution that can happen because at the time it was meant for kids, but adults wind up liking it. And you can still – when you look at a novel, even though they say it's Star Wars for kids, but they see – yet they'll make a novel like Claudia Gray's Bloodline, which is very politically driven inside of it as it should be. And it's like, have you read that one?
1: Uh, I think I, I've I've read a few of Claudia Gray. So
0: bloodline is the one where Leia is, is essentially running for, um, for Mon Mothma's position now that Mon Mothma has left, but the politics side of it, someone starts to get the dirt and they find out that Leia was Vader's daughter. And They use it against her in the way that they, people would use in politics today, oh, right? And they use have, that, and yeah. These other things that's cool, it's really cool. And it's like, and it and it worked, and how she had to maneuver it. And like, you know, Luke Skywalker is like her crazy brother off doing the stuff, yeah, he's a hero of the rebellion, but where is he? He's doing all these crazy things. And 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 then is history going to repeat itself? Are we going to have another Vader in there? And it's
1: right, like, so that's cool, like that
0: kind of stuff. It's like play with that for a series you know play with those types of things and I know that it gets tricky when it comes to Carrie Fisher and all, all that but uh, but I'm I'm just talking about in general things like that the detail of it and that's why I've been so adamant about adapt your freaking books man right especially now when you have all these timelines
1: right yeah I don't the Star Wars is for kids thing it continues to get more funny to me as a comment mm-hmm. because why can the MCU and now the DCEU be for kids and adults? You know what I mean. Yeah, it can like be it's, for both. It can right. Be, it
0: can be for both, but it's it it is. I think it is a detriment and also a admirable trait of Filoni is that he's so loyal to George right. Lucas. That it's he, true. It, That's true. That's true. That he sticks so much to what George's philosophies are, which a lot of it is the reason why you get quality Star Wars. There's no argument to that. But there's also, George Lucas was not perfect. There's a lot of things that George Lucas did with dialogue and other things and the faster, more intense stuff. It doesn't always work, and I wish Filoni would go away from that kind of stuff, and I hope he does in Ahsoka. He very well might. Um, apparently the episodes are a little longer and yeah. there's more detail to it, and I and I and and he wrote all the episodes, um, and he directed a lot of them. So I'm very, I think... We, I'm curious. Yeah, I think we wait to judge all the way on how beholden he is to just george's vision until we see his series yeah because the movie if the the movie is going to be something too, the heir to the empire i mean if they do it right they could do three of those totally you know what i mean yeah Yeah, for sure yeah there's so much there there is um and it could get exhausting though it could get exhausting but it won't be exhausting if you guys are drinking athletic greens i'll tell you that all right athletic greens our next partner is athletic greens ag1 by athletic greens it's great i use it every day I gave AG1 a try because, well, honestly, Brett Sheridan kept telling me about it. And he's like, it's good, man. I'm telling you, you got to try it. Because I was when, when they first kind of came in, I said, like, that sounds very interesting. Um, and Brett was like, I've been taking it. It's awesome. And I did. And I've been taking it forever. You guys know that at this point. If you listen to my show long enough, you know how long they've been with us. And there's a reason, because I love them. You get better gut health, increased energy, immune system support, all of it. And then I take AG1 usually right in the morning. Um, it's just great. It gives me a good boost of energy, not great with the keeping up with that supplement routine and you get a whole bunch of different vitamins. I don't like it. It helps me with sleep quality too. Took some yesterday and just passed out one and slept really, really well. Why do you want to take a bunch of different things? You can just take one scoop. I put it in a water bottle. I shake it up. I love it. I'm always looking for life hacks, man. And I did it. And I love and I trust AG1. And, and I love the responses I get from people who are saying that they love it too. You get it delivered to you every month. It's super easy and you make it a daily habit. So, if you're looking for an easier way to take supplements, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. But you got to go to slash big thing. That's slash big thing. Check it out, baby. <laughs> That's right. Athletic Greens. You've been, uh, you've still been, still been doing it.
1: I love athletic. Greens. So I'm good. not going to lie. It's, I really do. It's like, so good. It really is good and it yeah. makes it so much easier, especially the days where I feel like I can't. I love a kale salad. I'm not gonna lie, but some days I can't get my greens in, and I'm like, oh, one shot, drink
0: it. That's it. (laughs) Take one. I I put. I mean, and it tastes good. It does. It looks like it should taste terrible.
1: Awful. Yeah. But it does, and it's not chalky. That's like the main thing. for Fruity. Yeah.
0: Fruity. I likes.
1: Delicious.
0: Thank you so much. Um, before we get moving, I got to tell you, so I told you, I would tell you, oh, yeah. um, I went to, so I went to Mexico and went to uh, Cancun with my, with my family. And I don't know if I mentioned this the other day, but Ellis gave the, the, was, was on the, it was, was the one who officiated the wedding mm-hmm. and it was on the beach. And what's hilarious is my dad is very much at this point, like Christopher Lloyd, Doc Brown, right? He's got the hair coming he wore these sunglasses, amazing outfit. And he was late to the wedding. And my my brother's like, where the hell is he? I go, don't worry about it. Don't focus on it. He's like, he's going to wind up going and cro- having to cross past Ellis. And I go, we'll figure it out. And Ellis can always roast him in the middle of it. It's fine. So my uncle is going to bring my dad. And then my cousin's like, they're lost. He doesn't know where to go. So my cousin runs out, goes to get him. And the, the wedding starts. And my, my brother comes out. And my, my sister-in-law come out. And, um, and my dad and my uncle and my cousin get there. But they don't cross. Instead, they go up. They go to cross on this hill to go get there, but the hill doesn't go anywhere.
1: Oh my god! So the
0: three of them are just standing there, Stop. looking like like very noticeable statues watching down. Oh. And it looked like it looked like a new Back to the Future movie because my <laughs> uncle is around fifty seven, fifty eight. My dad is near eighty, and my and my 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 cousin is like twenty one. So oh it looked like, or like a hangover like movie a reboot, or something. It, it, yeah. it, it, was in, it was incredible. And oh we, so I did my speech and I was going to definitely put some, uh, I you know, give them a little bit. And I did. But my, I guess, my, so my sister-in-law's dad gave the first speech. And then my brother said, do you want to go second? I was like, yeah, but my daughter, Vivian, wants to do one. So my my daughter goes first. Got to let her go quick and she's preparing it for a little bit Aww. so she's she's like you know stacy's always been a a part of the the family and as long as i mean for as long as i can remember 10 years you know and she's like she goes i have to say it's about time guys right and she, the, the delivery that's was just
1: really all you're gonna
0: love this part though because she, she goes she she's talking her timing was really good she waited she waited for the audience to laugh and she was like you know she's pretty much been a part of the family but she goes but now she's legally part of the family and then she looks and she goes this Guy knows what I'm talking about, <laughs> <laughs> and, and I got a massive laugh. And she did it, she did like six or seven minutes, crushed
1: six or seven minutes.
0: And everybody started talking about her, and like you know, just like how natural she was, and everything too. And that's it was, really hard. It was, it was amazing. She was really funny, and it was like, and Ellis and I were both like, you know, the two stand up comedians, kind of like, yeah, that's it, take your time, and go, go. And then ended with a good kid joke. Uh, my dad would always make. Kids laugh like if they were like just sitting there. My dad forever would look and go duty, right? So kids love duty. um yeah, they do. They do. And so my my daughter ends and she goes before I leave tonight. She said a lot of nice you know kind and and peaceful words to to get everybody kind of all. <laughs> and then she goes, I leave you the, with this tonight. These words of wisdom that my that from a, from the great man my grandfather my grandpa Phil. I leave you with this. And she pauses and she goes. And she runs <laughs> off. Oh my God. It's hilarious.
1: What? <laughs> it
0: really How old is she? Eleven. Yeah.
1: Jeez, I like, could have never
0: She was and the people like she wasn't even nervous at all. I was like, no, she was she was chomping at the bit together. Meanwhile, you get the the other one, Silvio Dante. And she's and she's just like again, if she's Silvio Dante, eh, I don't really want to eat the cake. <laughs> <laughs> I, want go, I want to go back to the room and i'm like it's it, it, but, but your dancing isn't happening i don't care about the dance i want to go back give me a i want to watch wild Kratz, but on the wild Kratz on the phone and then the dancing happens and she's like oh, i may do want to dance and she starts like and she's just danced all night and then got pissed off why are we leaving why do we gotta go amazing and and she didn't want to leave so it was great
1: oh my god between the two of them
0: yeah that was it so that was was my that was that was it so you get a little bit of a story again with big things this is what happens Incredible. Um, so let's see if there's any more star wars news here that we can dive into before we switch to some other ones all right steph so we know that we're in the middle of this writer's strike right now and Mm -hmm. now the production of the mandalorian season four it could face delays due to the writer's strike which i don't think is a big surprise um but nonetheless, according to a new report by Deadline, the writer's strike might delay production of the fourth season of The Mandalorian. The trade's co-editor-in-chief, Nelly Andriva, is apparently hearing that the crew was initially targeting a September start date, but due to the ongoing industry-wide work stoppage that is no longer set in stone. It's obviously known when, should it be delayed, production would start for the same reason that's unknown how long the strike will go on. Some estimates have it going well into the summer and possibly into September or beyond but this is obviously a very fluid situation and depends on when the writers and the studios decide to finally sign the deal. The Mandalorian premiered its season three finale last month. Lucasfilm has not officially announced the development of a fourth season. Series creator Jon Favreau stated in May that he was writing scripts for the fourth season, and in February it was reported that Favreau had completed the scripts and they were handed to Lucasfilm veteran Doug Chiang for concept art. The stoppage should stop, shouldn't stop, pre-production on the show, but Lucasfilm is likely getting ready for a situation where a deal hasn't been signed by Labor Day. The Mandalorian will be the latest production impacted by The Strike, which has already seen high-profile shows and movies come to a delay. Favreau is the main writer of The Mandalorian, so if The Strike were to go beyond the summer, he wouldn't be able to perform any writing duties on set, but what that means for his job as a showrunner is a blurry line that has yet been to define. That is also the case of Andor. For instance whose showrunner and producer Tony Gilroy has announced he's going to cease all work on the show. The scripts had been completed right before the stoppage was announced. Grant Davis, Miguel Fernandez of Star Wars News Newsnet reportedly pre- reported previously about the writer's strike meaning for Star Wars, and they have an editorial up right now. Um, there's a lot here inside of this story because if Mandalorian... First of all, we weren't really sure. We knew that Mandalorian Season 4 was happening. The reason it's such a head-scratcher to me overall... Of how, how they're going to handle this is I think now you're pretty much going to guarantee they've already submit, uh, announced that like for Loki's getting pushed back to the end of the year for Marvel. And then Echo is moving into like 2024 now or something like that, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So I think what's going to happen is Ahsoka comes out late August, maybe in September. Now they might push it back because they haven't even announced the date. They said August, but they didn't say when in August. I think it comes out early September um, and then that's going to play until, you know, October, November. Skeleton Crew, you're looking at February of 2023 now. Or we're in 2023, 2024. Uh, so, yeah. So I think, right? We're in 2023. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I know. I
1: forget all the time.
0: So, February 2023, I mean, 2024 is when Skeleton Crew will happen. That gives them enough time to kind of push Mandalorian a little bit because they want, if they were starting Mandalorian when they said like, at the end of this year, they were probably pushing to the, to an end-of-the-year type thing. Right. Because they're trying to move along to Filoni's movie. To That's that's the thing now. When you have this Avengers-type, you, you've got to stay on schedule in order to tell the story, which is going to prove to be a challenge to them, not only because of this is how it goes, but because of this writer's strike, you know?
1: Right. Um, I... In my dream world, like this is what's great about a writer strike because you see how important it, it yeah. does affect yeah. massive things, and not that everything lies on John Favreau or John or uh, Dave Filoni, but those are be- like some of the biggest players in the entire industry. Yeah. Period. And so, if they're getting affected by this. I, it would just be great if we could come to an agreement yeah. and obviously that's a dream but it would be awesome if it did like it hurt the pockets of disney a little bit they felt it in their streaming because now things are getting delayed which is going to delay the movie which is massive that's most of lucas like hopeful budget coming yeah. out and so um yeah i think it's kind of it makes sense that it's getting pushed back
0: yeah, I think it, it for sure. And I think that it's it's more affecting the Felony verse at this point than it yeah. is even Disney, too. That's true. Because Disney, as I said earlier, Disney was prepared for this as a lot of the studios were prepared for this. And some of the studios, most of the studios wanted this to happen Yeah, because they don't have to pay the amount of writers that they had to in a particular room for shows. They're trying to figure that out, so they also can push back, back stuff. They also have stuff in the can that they can use, hence pushing back Loki, pushing back Echo. They have stuff that they can air, and then same thing with Star Wars. So they're okay. I mean, you look at Chapek, who made all these streaming deals and certain things that they don't have to really adhere to anymore because these deals are either going to fall through or something's going to happen. And and the, so studios aren't sweating at all. It's it's it's. It's unfortunately the writers and everyone else who who are because they're the ones who are losing the money in the pocket. The right. studio is not losing it yet, and that's why it's going to stretch into August, September because the studio can afford for, to go you know, on that long. So don't be don't be uh, fooled by it. Um, it's not like oh, you know, we can't come to an agreement. Studio is going, we'll get to it when we get to it. And unfortunately, it's not. It's it's, it's it sucks, but it's it's just they 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 need this to save money. Um, yeah, and that, so I think it's going to be it's going to go on for that and you're going to start getting delays and you're not wrong where they're like okay well we're going to take a hit on that and maybe instead of when we thought Mandalorian was going to come out it will do this and hey we've delayed Star Wars movies before so we delay it again. That's why I think again why in the world if you're Kathleen Kennedy are you out there saying every three years we're going to do a movie what are you talking about? Don't say that. Right. Just don't just say we'll get them out it's when we get them so- out.
1: so bizarre stop it yeah you just we have no idea where the industry even from last year it's completely different every yeah. year on things so it doesn't make just it don't yeah. say that yeah. just
0: say we're, we're excited to make them events we're gonna we're really putting everything that we have the effort that we can to make these event films and we can't wait for you guys to right. see it that's it yeah don't say oh you know we're gonna make them every three years now so what does that mean what is, does it mean is 2025 is is the ray movie 2028 is now the Felony movie and then 2031 is the mango movie we talking about? Yeah, it makes no sense. It doesn't make sense at all. But I'll tell you what does make sense: ExpressVPN. That's right. ExpressVPN makes a lot of sense. It makes sense for you to use, and it also makes sense for you to be warm with blankets. And that's Rumple. <laughs> now I've told Steph about Rumple months, years ago. Steph, you remember I was telling you about Rumple? Yes. And Rumple is the best. I love me some Rumple. Rumple is on a mission to introduce the world to better blankets. They're made with durable, sustainable materials, and they're built to last. Rumple recycles over 5 million plastic water bottles a year, and they are B Corp certified, climate neutral, and they donate 1% of all of their sales to environmental causes. They are built to endure the elements. Rumpel blankets are made with durable materials. They repel spills, sand, stains, and odor. They're the best. The Rumpel blankets aren't just for outdoors, though. They're perfect for watching movies on the couch, kicking back, in bed or bringing with you to your local theater. I love them. I have them. I, I have one that I bring to like soccer games and picnics and all that. And then I have one that I just watch movies on the couch with my wife. It's, they're great. For big thing listeners, you go to rumple.com slash the big thing and use that code the big thing at checkout and you will get 10% off your first order. But you got to use that link. Rumple.com slash the big thing. Use that code the big thing. ExpressVPN, baby. Using the internet without ExpressVPN, that's bad. It's like having a first aid kit but not keeping it stocked up. For what? Most of the time you'll be fine. But what if? What if you suddenly get into a horrible accident and there's nothing in your first aid kit to help you stop the bleeding? Every time that you connect to an unencrypted network, whether it's cafe, hotel, airport, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data. It doesn't take much technology knowledge to, to hack someone. It really doesn't. My, my, my 11-year-old could do it. Your data is valuable. You know the hackers can make up to one thousand dollars per person selling personal information on the dark web. So, what you, you want to ask this question: Why do you want, why do I want to use ExpressVPN? Well, it has an encrypted tunnel that creates a secure encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet, and hackers can't steal your sensitive data. Super secure. It takes a hacker it would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. Very easy to use. You fire up the app and you click one button to get protected. And it work on all your devices, whether it's your phone, your laptop, tablets, all that stuff. I have been using it. I really enjoy it. I like protecting my family. You should protect yourself, protect your family, protect everybody, and get ExpressVPN. You secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash thing, expressvpn.com slash thing, and you can get extra three months free, expressvpn.com slash all right, let's move on. Thank you, first of all, to both ExpressVPN and Rumple You help out the show. You help yourself out. We only get sponsors on this show that we think our audience is going to enjoy. So we hope that you check out both ExpressVPN and Rumple today. All right, so the other thing now, we're going to switch over. We're going to do some more things here. We're going to talk about some more news topics. We talked a lot of Star Wars stuff, and I want to get all your thoughts on Star Wars and anything that we talked about today, so make sure you leave your comments. However... There were some other things that dropped in the world of movie news today, and I want to go over it with Steph. Let's talk about this trailer, man, the creator. This is the new Gareth Edwards, direct, who directed Rogue One. Haven't heard from Gareth Edwards in quite a while, but he's doing this movie. And here it is. This is the creator with John David Washington, and I had never even heard of this film until today. Same. And I know that he, I heard that, that Gareth Edwards was working on something, but then this comes up. It looks like Terminator meets kind of Elysium meets District 9. And you've seen this kind of story before in a certain aspect that the the computers have taken over and AI is kind of taken over now and they they cause kind of a nuclear thing. But what I did like was... And even uh, it, it had like a. And I don't like this movie, but it had like a chappy feel to it too. But what I did like about it was the way that they presented the AI. They're running around in these like robot bodies with the with these helmets on, and then it looks like again a familiar story that John David Washington has to protect this kid, the ro- uh, AI kid. But and we were just talking about the writer strike, and one of the big things with the writer strike is this AI stuff, right? AI, I'm telling you right now, and I'm, I'll sound like a conspiracy theorist. I don't care. I remember being a kid and I don't know how old I was. I was I was young. And I remember them coming up with this story that I read and the story was like, you know, one day you'll be able to just push a button and the groceries will come to you. And that's called Amazon. <laughs> all of these different things that have been predicted in The Jetsons and all these things from the 60s, they whether it's been 15 years or 30 years, they've come true. There have been so many movies And so many theories that AI could take over, and the and that from the dinosaurs to us to AI. I'm not telling you it's going to happen in 10 years. It could happen in 400 years. Humans ain't going to be the thing if we keep messing with AI. Look what AI can do today. Right. Who knows what's going to do in a thousand thousand years from now? Whatever it might be. Um, But that being said, I use the programs. So do you. Everybody uses the programs and, and the stuff and and look at look at what the AI can do with the pictures because as human beings, that's what we do. So this movie Ooh, let me
1: try. Yeah. <laughs> so
0: this movie, this trailer was was pretty great. I, I really enjoyed it and I thought it, it looked it looked fantastic. how did you feel about it?
1: Yeah, it looked awesome. Yeah. It's really scary. Yeah. It, it's kind of like horrors making a huge not comeback. It didn't go anywhere, but I feel like horror is really in right now. This is the scariest to me
0: <laughs> because it's real. Yeah, it's, and, it's, <laughs> and it is. It, it's it it's smart that they're playing on this too. But I really like the presentation of and you know what else? It, it also felt like um, Minority Report in a bit. Totally, it felt like a Minority Report feel of what Tom Cruise kind of having to protect the the, the visionary. Um, and then what was that? One
1: where there was like no one could get pregnant for. Oh right,
0: right. That's uh, the shoot the it's Quran so movie. Yeah, the yeah. with Clive Owen. I can't yeah. remember the name of it? You guys are screaming at right. It right now. But I got I got the movie. I just can't place the name of it. Um, but yes, yes, it has it has that. It has again familiar themes, but done in a way that still looks original, right? And I and I think that, I and and it's new science fiction. We were talking. I was talking about mm. it on Monday, where. I enjoy watching the comic book movies I enjoy watching them come out too But like, I want to see more stuff And I think there's a reason why blockbuster movies Like Top Gun and Avatar did really well But you look at Transformers Transformers is tracking terribly like, And I think people are fatigued with it And it also it's sandwiched in between The Flash Indiana Jones And, um, and Spider-Man So there's a reason why it's not going to do as well But this is a movie This isn't going to be that big massive huge budget Big enough but at the time when I hope it comes out, I think towards the end of the year is when it, I think it's set, um, then it might actually it might actually do decent business. At least I hope it does.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's one of those, and I can't yet describe what makes me feel a certain way when I say I want to see that in the mm-hmm. theater. John Wick 4 does it. Yes. Like, this did right, it. Right. Top Gun Maverick obviously did it to watch that top, that mm-hmm. Top Gun guy. The top Gun um, guy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, but something about this where I was like, I want to see this in theater, right? And, and, was, and yeah. I don't really don't know. I like Gareth Edwards. Yeah. Not one of my. It's not like I have to see every like James Cameron. I have to see it in the theater. But this, I was like, oh hell yeah! I definitely see the pulls from Rogue One shots too,
0: for sure. And um, but either way, it's an interesting. It's an interesting science fiction film and I'm curious what you guys think did you like the trailer do you want to see it want to know more is it too close going? to home yeah yeah for sure go ahead and do you think AI is going to take over the world <laughs> alright here's the next one I'm going to another trailer here Mission Impossible 7. I did my trailer reaction today. I haven't talked to Steph about it yet, but the latest in the Mission Impossible. Now, you have not watched the Mission Impossible movies. Is that right?
1: It's totally right. Have you seen any of them? No, I've seen like the BTS of him, his crazy stunts, because it's incredible, but I haven't seen the
0: movies. You would love these movies. I think I would too. No, I know you would. Yeah. (laughs) You would love these movies. So so if I was to guess, because I know, um, because we're potentially talking about Steph watching them down for this channel, but. um, If I was to guess, you'll like the first one. You think it's fine. Um, the second one, you might just go, "What the hell's going on?" This seems is, you're going to see the second one. You're going, "What is everyone talking about?" Because okay, cause
1: it's like Hattie?
0: No, it's it's a John Woo movie. Oh. More, about, more than it's a Mission Impossible movie. Mm. It's just like, which was fine. It, it was like kind of transferring over his '90s vibe into it. It, it, I watched it recently and I didn't hate it as much as I did when I saw it in the theater. The first time I saw it in the theater and I hated it because I liked the first one thought the first one was clever. But then the second one comes out. This is, this is awful. And there's a major shift in the third one, the third one, JJ Abrams directs. Oh yeah. And it shifts it into this different direction, very similar to what fast and the furious did with number five. And right. Shifted into it. But this, then it just, this is a franchise that you can't say this about a lot of different franchises gets better and better and better every movie, right? So the Dubai one you're gonna love. The the other it, it just keep they just keep getting better and better and introducing new characters. So this trailer, which you watched and you didn't know anything about any of the characters, you're not gonna have that same kind of like when I do and I go, Oh, that character's back right. But what did you think overall of this particular trailer? Were you confused, or did what did you what kind of vibes were you getting?
1: I was a little confused, but kind of like what you've said. They've done Mission Impossible has done such a good job where they've just made a different lane, yeah. Like Fast and Furious mm-hmm. has, where I'm like, this looks awesome, right? And so I feel like not knowing anything other than there's this mission that's impossible is pretty freaking <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that, and that's that's the whole thing because it looks intense. And I was as I was watching the trailer, I'm like, I, like, my adrenaline was pumping just watching it. And as you're more invested, I would highly recommend, obviously, don't see it until you've seen all the movies because there's just more of an emotional attachment yeah. behind it. And this is part one of part two, which I think ends the entire franchise. So there's like this whole, and the Henry Cavill one is really great and like... Yeah, I want to go back. I just watched them recently with my wife during the pandemic. We watched all of them. Uh, I want to watch them again. I want to watch them again. Like I to, really want like to. Like leading up to it because they're that good. And this this trailer had a not only a a, a born feel to it, but really out of all of them, had the most James Bond feel that I've had. Like Isai Morales is the villain, and he v- seems like a very full on Bond villain for this one. There's a lot of returning faces, familiar faces. And it's like the the who's who of the Mission Impossible cast kind of getting back together to do this like one big mission, and Tom Cruise coming off of you know Top Gun. I
1: know. I think this movie is going to do big numbers. I think it's going
0: to do massive numbers. Yeah. And it's coming out at the right time. Right, it's coming out in July when everyone is going to be really excited to see another big blockbuster movie. They'll be, be Flash will be I've been out already. Indie will be out mm-hmm. already. Spider Man will be out already. All these movies about in July. It's going to own July going to own July. Do
1: you like the Mission Impossible franchise more than James Bond?
0: I do. Now, now, I mean, there's so many James Bond. Right. If you, I even, even even new Bond, which I liked a lot, I like the Mission Mission Impossible movies more. And I know that I'm in a, a very small minority here, um, which is yeah, Mike's
1: somewhere screaming.
0: Yeah, and there are a lot of people. So is Brad Gilmore. But like, <laughs> for me, I if I was to rank the three franchises, I would go mission impossible born and then bond okay um, now again the the daniel craig bonds i really liked a lot there's a lot of timothy dalton ones but like and i like the bond movies but they're they're more of kind of like i can take them or leave a lot of them yeah um but born the first three are just out of control um but mission impossible is such a solid franchise yeah it really is so excited to see it. And I want to know what you guys think. Do you want to see Mission Impossible? Are you excited to see the new one? What do you think of the trailer? Go ahead and let me know. Let me know your comments. Speaking of movies coming out in the summertime and franchises returning, Indiana Jones, baby. Indiana Jones, The Dial of Destiny comes out at the end of June, but Disney Plus confirms that all four movies and the TV show are going to begin stri- streaming later this month. Now, this to me is a no-brainer. I mean, it's they now own the property. It's been on Paramount Plus, because Paramount was who made the movies and stuff too, but they, they own it now. They got it. And then they're gonna start putting it on there. And I think it's a very smart move as we just talked about with Mission Impossible. We're gonna you're gonna do all the rewatches and why not do the rewatches on their app? You know, of course they want to do right. that. And it makes sense to find it all on in one hub. Yeah. Um so you just recently started watching Indiana Jones. You you've watched you've watched Raiders of the Lost Ark, Temple of Doom, and Last Crusade, correct? Yeah. All right, so and you watched those pretty recent they're fresh in your mind? Yeah. Life. All right, I'm gonna see how much I think I know you.
1: Okay.
0: We have similar taste in movies. Yeah. So I'm gonna tell you my favorites first. Okay. And then I'm gonna tell you what I think your favorites okay. are. Okay. My favorite of all of them is Raiders of the Lost Ark, because Raiders of the Lost Ark to me is just a pure adventure film. It set it all off. Um, most people like Last Crusade the most. That's the one with when with his dad, with Sean Connery and the dad. I think that's your favorite. And I think then Raiders, and then I think Temple of Doom
1: absolutely <laughs> spot on <laughs> That's spot right, on right so like fully yeah
0: it's it, yeah the, the third one is is very detailed has a lot of humorous it's moments Sean in Connery Sean Connery's he's great just like yeah. that
1: guy rocks yeah. I love him
0: yeah he's and so that um but the first one to me was just the pure you could see that vision of what george lucas there's magic in the first one yeah. Yeah. lucas wanted to do with that one and spielberg got it right away and like the shots of when he walks into the bar and there's that the big shadow and the relationship with him and marion you know like yeah did you think marion was dead when she when she got into the the barrel yeah and, and blew up in the car
1: I, I thought so yes i did yeah i think i really did yeah and then when she came back i was like oh that was a great they did it yeah well. they did
0: it well and then there's that famous moment where um Obviously, the, do you know the, the story behind? And I'm sure you laughed at this moment because it's you're up your s- sixth sense of humor when the uh, sword man is is swinging the sword and he just shoots him dead. Oh yeah, and the thing. Yeah, yeah. Do you know the story yeah. behind that? <laughs> no. So it was supposed to be a sword fight. Oh
1: really? It was supposed
0: to be a sword fight, but yeah, but Harrison Ford was sick that day, oh. so he said, "Why don't I just shoot him?" And Spielberg's like, "Go for it." And they, that it's like that. It's an iconic moment. It's so it's a straight good. Straight up murderer.
1: Right, right. Yeah. He's just like shut up. Yeah. It's it, so good. Yeah, because I love that in the kung fu movies. There's a lot of that where they're yeah, like yeah. Just all the wind up, and then someone's just like, no. Yeah.
0: He just <laughs> he just blasts him down. So, and it's Harrison Ford at his height of being a movie star. Yeah. You know? Very hard to do uh, and getting away from typecast. Because remember, this is 1981 when that movie came out. That's a year removed from Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. So. To everybody, he's he's Han Solo. Yeah. And then he's and do you know who was supposed to be um Indiana Jones? Who? Tom Selleck. Oh. Tom Selleck was who they wanted and he couldn't do it because of Magnum PI. So then they put Harrison Ford in there. Um I just can't imagine anyone else. No. And and the new one looked they showed that extended scene. Did you see that one? There's an extended scene that no. came out Indiana Jones. Yeah. So um I'm very curious here. The fourth the fourth one is atrocious.
1: Everyone says that. It's atrocious. What about it?
0: Um, So it's
1: not worth watching? No,
0: no, no, you should watch it to know what's going on. I think there's some references in the the new one too. You should definitely watch the fourth one. I mean, um, it's just, and there are some people, there are some people who defend it, right? I just think it's completely, it, it suffers from, I think the same type of thing that the prequels kind of suffered from, where some of the writing is not great. Okay. Um, I mean, there's some stuff that happens in the beginning. It doesn't feel you know, the other like the new trailer feels like an Indiana Jones movie. The first three, even temple of doom. Did you find temple of doom to be pretty cheesy?
1: Yes. I got annihilated in the comments <laughs> of my reaction because of my opinion of Willie.
0: What, what was your opinion? Willy? I
1: couldn't, I think she's one. The actress, just to make clear, Kate, 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 Kate Capshaw yeah. is great. The character i want to like fight in the ring she was the most <laughs> aggravating character one of the most like pull my hair out characters on screen i've ever seen especially coming from the mary Marion. Marion, yeah and i Night know and like day. people got so they're like it's not her fault i know it's not her fault i'm just saying this woman like i get you. she's a damsel in distress she's a fish out of water whatever doesn't take the whole movie to realize what you're on like it's survived like oh god she yeah. was
0: so aggravating I can, she can she definitely that she you know and, and by the end of it but how about how about our boy uh kehi kwan oh, he's the best character
1: by far yeah. like i don't know why i feel like he should have been in the other i know three was a prequel no no, no two is a prequel oh is a prequel okay yeah i think he should have been in the rest of the movies is he gonna be in five
0: He's not going to be in the new one, no. I just think Shorty is such an epic character, yeah. and it bugged me that she took over. Yeah, well, I I think what's funny about it is, had this movie, they started working in development of this. This movie was in development for the new one for a long time. Had this one been in, in development when everything everywhere all at once had already come out, he would have definitely been in it.
1: Can I speaking of everything everywhere yeah. all at once? My dream vision of two would have been because they open up, and I think they're in China, right? They're in Shanghai or something like that.
0: No time for love, Dr. Jones.
1: Right. And they have all of a sudden these like Asian looking dancers and you turn around and it's Kate Kate Capshaw. And it's like. <laughs> what, but what if hear me out the whole time? It was Michelle Yeoh, and she was the main lead character, and then go into an actual capable woman story. I understand. I understand you what, what, you're what I saying. mean? Yeah, but it's like
0: she. It was, it was a very different time than they made the movie too. Totally, it was, like, it was the first PG thirteen movie I think, or or no, Red Dawn was I think, but it was PG. It was the first because because of the heart, the heart getting ripped out. Right. And all
1: the that. set is incredible. Yeah,
0: I love Temple of Doom. I love that movie, but it's it is. I tried to watch it with my wife not too long ago and she had never seen it. It's hard to get people. It's a very eighties kind of campy movie yeah. more so than the other ones, but I still really enjoy it. And it it's dark too. The tone's kind of all over the place. Um, but the fourth one, to answer your question. It's, there's one scene where Shia LaBeouf is swinging in the trees with monkeys. Amazing. Not really. <laughs> um, and, so, and then I also don't think I also don't think Harrison Ford was tuned in Indiana Jones. He seems like Indiana Jones in these new trailers. He seems like Harrison Ford mm. just kind of acting like, "What am I doing here? I got a paycheck." And then Kate uh, Blanchett is completely wasted. I think. So, oh
1: yeah, I've heard that. Who's like one yeah. of my favorite actresses yeah. of all time? So I'm
0: curious to to hear what you think. Okay. All right. Okay. Let, let me do one more story, and then we're gonna get out of cool. here for today. Um, here we go. All right. Let's do this. Arnold Schwarzenegger, he says, he ain't coming back to Terminator. Not gonna do it. We're staying with the franchises. He ain't doing it. Says he's done, and he says also that he doubts that the Legend of Conan is gonna happen. This is a comic book movie. Arnold Schwarzenegger says he's finished playing the Terminator franchises. T800 while also casting doubt on the possibility that he'll reprise the role in Conan. Arnold has been part of the Terminator franchise from the start and returned to lend his talents to later installments as well. While his cameo in Salvation was created with CG, the actor took on leading roles in Genesis and Dark Fate. Now, there's a new approach if there, that would be needed, and if it happens, it'll be minus the T-800, because he was talking to the Hollywood Reporter, and this is what he said. The franchise is done. I'm done. I get the message loud and clear. And the world wants to move on with a different theme when it comes to The Terminator. Someone has to come up with a great idea. The Terminator was largely responsible for my success, so I always look at it very fondly. The first three movies were great. Number four, I was not in because I was governor. Then five, Genesis, and six, Dark Fate, it didn't close the deal as far as I'm concerned. We knew that ahead of time, because they were just not well written, that's not, Arnie. That's not Arnie's only iconic role, of course, as his big break in Hollywood came playing Conan the Barbarian. We also heard about plans for the legend of Conan for years, but it doesn't sound like the project anywhere near as far as long as many outs have reported. Arnold now says, it has been pending for the last 10 years. Frederick Malberg owns the rights. He comes up to me and he says, I have a deal with Netflix, and we had asked Netflix. They didn't know anything about it. It is one of those crazy things. I hope he figures it out. There's a great script out there that John Milius wrote, and others have written one. The story is there. There are directors who want to do it, but he has the rights, and until he sells the rights for one or two movies or for the franchise, there's nothing you can do about it. It's a shame to think that the actor won't be back as either one, but who knows? We shall see. Stallone, example, has closed the doors on Rocky, but then he found new roles in Marvel and DC. So uh let's talk what do you think about the quotes from arnold
1: uh, it's interesting that they brought up stallone because i was thinking about that like there's this yeah. similarity in there uh to me i'm not i loved terminator one two i watched those during two. the pandemic yeah. i haven't seen you the other seen them ones one, no i hadn't seen them before one's
0: my favorite they're excellent i like one better than two
1: yeah they're both awesome i can't tell i could go back and forth on which one i like more i don't need to see it again yeah i
0: don't need to see more of that so i feel like that's okay See, here's – similar to what I was saying about Back to the Future the other day, I just – the reason I like 1984's Terminator the best is because it was it's it's a lower-budget film. Mm-hmm. Before Cameron was really Cameron, and it's a horror movie more than – it's a right. horror, it's a science fiction horror film. For sure. Again, very detailed, layered, high concept. I think that if you shot it like that, if you're going to do a movie again, and you shot it and you went back to basics and get out of this $150, $200 million range – shoot the movie for $75 million, $80 million, get some other kind of unknown actors to do it or, and to do a Terminator movie. You could always deep fake Arnold if you had to do it, right? And you get his likeness to do it and he doesn't have to necessarily be in it. So I do think there's a way to do it if they just... It, right now, people are exhausted with the franchise, so it would be hard to do. Plus, you don't want to put $150, 200000000 because you might run into the Transformers thing that people are tired of it, and you're going to lose the money. But if you make it for cheaper... Then you have a chance to make a profit on it. Or you can go back and do – the Sarah Connor Chronicles with Lena Headey came out and was ahead of its time because it was on Fox. I think if you would have done that today on streaming, much better show. So I think there is a way to do it. But I think it's more likely to get Arnold back as King Conan. I think they still can figure it out. If the guy can sell the rights, they can still get him. To potentially do it,
1: yeah, I think with Transformers, I, my opinion is not that I'm tired out of the franchise. It's that this specific story, I don't know how to explain it, but cars turning into Transformers makes more sense to me than an animal. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like the premise of it feels oh, the, like the I Transformers need... ones. Yeah, the well, new one. Yeah,
0: well, it's based off of a of a popular animated line. Okay, of uh, the of the the Beast Wars, right? Right. So, I the reason why I'm excited about that movie more so now is because of Stephen Cable Jr who directed Creed 2.
1: Mm I um, love Creed 2. Yeah, so I think that's my favorite of the Is week. it your favorite? Yeah. Okay.
0: So Creed um he he's a good director and he's apparently a really big Transformers fan. I think Michael Bay pissed all over that franchise. I think people are so tainted because I think it's a reason why the Bumblebee movie w- w- should all Which is be
1: actually a great movie. Great
0: movie. Love it. But Bumble no one
1: Bay. cared about it. No one watched it. Actually, it, did saying. better oh. than I
0: thought. I was so when I was going over the numbers, I because I felt the same way you did. I thought it did really bad. It didn't. It okay. made like five hundred million oh, dollars. Just wow. compared to the other movies, other Transformers movies were which were way worse. Those movies did the first two at least or three. Aren't they
1: the highest grossing? They did,
0: they're in the they're in the range. They did really really big numbers. So. And because they just significantly got worse and worse, every Michael Bay movie that he did, that people were like, oh, this is exhausting. Uh, this sucks. This is corny. And then they thought it was going to be the same. Because what I was saying is most people, like, if you talked, I don't, how, how your mom and your dad love movies, right? right? But do they pay attention to who directed what? No. Right. So they don't know when they see Transformers and they see they just think it's gonna be the same shit because totally. they're like, okay, well that's Michael Bay. They have or, No they, idea. They don't, they don't pay attention is. to writers. Right. Right. Nothing right, right, right. Right. Exactly. And that's majority of audiences yeah. like that. So, um, and that's probably what they think. Ah, it's another Transformers movie. They're not doing the research to say, well, Stephen Caple Jr. really knows about these Beast Wars things and because no, right, and Beast Wars could come off silly if you don't know, but it. I think I actually think it's gonna play really well. I think it's gonna be a good movie. It's tracking like Shazam fury of the god numbers mm. yuck
1: not good not,
0: it's tracking bad it's tracking like morbius numbers
1: if it's good that's awesome i love gorillas so yeah like, right so I, I, why not yeah i, I just saw and i was like i need a massive edible for this N- <laughs> storyline <sense>. totally <laughs> um all
0: right guys so that was it that was our kind of mix match of both all the star wars stories and of some of the current news stories that are happening today. I want to know what you thought. Let me know what you think of this format. Leading up to us doing Ahsoka, we're going to be doing this format until Ahsoka hits to where we can do full spoiler review and really dive back into it. So we're going to you're going to kind of have a mixture of the Star Wars show and this because, like I said, not a lot going on with Star Wars. I think we can cover it in the first half an hour, and then we can cover all the rest of the news topics as we did today. But I want to get your topics, oh, your topics, sure. I want to get your um, your comments, your thoughts on everything, everything we talked about in general. Help, comment, and like. It helps the show tremendously. And I'm trying to do as many of these and getting them uh, out there as much as possible. And I'd like to also thank Steph. So Steph, where can the good people find you?
1: At Steph Sabra.
0: That's it. That's How's it. How's the world girls going?
1: Oh, great. Wonderful. Yeah, Wednesday nights catch us
0: live. Well, there you go. And... For here, once again, if you're brand new to the channel, you've never been here before, show a little. Hit that button. Get us to hundred thousand. Head on over, man. Get those tickets today. The big thing, the Get tickets for the 23rd and 24th. Help us out, man. We're going to try to get there. I don't want to cancel shit. If we have to, we have to. I understand. Um, but that's it. That's the big sh- that's the big thing for today. I appreciate you. We'll be back tomorrow with Roxy and Brett Sheridan. Peace out, Mother F's.